Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast and another edition of the Share Your Story series. You guys know, as my listeners, these are my most absolute favorite episodes to record, and I have no doubt that today is going to be one that is going to be truly amazing because of the powerful educator that I have with me today is the one and only Marie McCumber. Marie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you were here. I absolutely love, I mean, I love this one because I love hearing stories and I love learning from other educators. But I think it's it's more of like that selfish why piece of like, I love being able to, again, learn from educators like you. And so I'm so excited for my listeners to do the same and myself, honestly, to do the same today. Uh, could you, uh, for people that may not know you, can you give a little bit of background and kind of what you do, who you are, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Marie McCumber. I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm currently an elementary teacher at the Ohio State School for the Blind, teaching the fifth grade with one rogue fourth grader thrown in there. Before starting here, I was a multiple disabilities and low incidence teacher for nine years. I love to be outside. I camp hike, I bike ride, I fish, I garden, I lay in my hammock in the sun and bake like a burrito. I love it. Uh, I'm a reader. I'm a writer. Uh, I love to cook and bake and I actually do canning, which is a type of food preservation for people who don't know. Uh, I have two amazing children. I have a 10-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. I'm engaged to a wonderful man who has two sons of his own, a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. And all together, we have an 11-month-old German-Australian shepherd puppy named Addie. Uh, We call her Crazy Doggy Puppy is her nickname. (laughs) Uh, Currently, I'm working on my master's degree in leadership and technology with a minor in administration. Uh, I do presenting on some topics related to students with disabilities, such as the importance of teaching students with disabilities STEM skills, uh, utilizing technology for more effective teaching. And I love to talk about teaching. Um, We could be here all day. (laughs) I love it. I am am down for it. And, you know, I think something that I love, um, one, I mean, I love all that you're doing. That's amazing. But I love that you, like, without even thinking about it, you identified, you know, who you are personally and professionally. And I think that's just so it's so important, you know, especially as educators, you know, we are service driven people. That is what we do. We serve, <laughs> we serve with our hearts. But I think sometimes we forget that we're allowed to have personal interests and personal passions outside of the classroom setting too. And I know before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, kind of our own, you know, kind of burnout journeys and where we've been. And I know for me, that was a big piece of that led to my burnout is I I forgot that I got to be somebody outside of teacher Lindsay. I got to be somebody that had these other passions. And so I would love to know, you know, a little bit about kind of your journey through that, if you're willing to share and how is it that you make sure that your, you know, energy and emphasis is, is kind of, you know, blended across both avenues of the, of the personal uh, and the professional side of you. Sure. Absolutely. You know, 
it, it is such a journey to find that balance. Um, and it actually took a very rude wake up call for me to not be so teacher driven, if I can say it that way. Um, I was very teacher driven, especially before I had children. I, uh, I got very sick one year. And uh, I was in the hospital with the flu and pneumonia. And in the hospital, I was on my laptop answering emails, you know, doing this thing. And I was supposed to go, I worked at a private school. I was supposed to go to a meeting in another district as our representative. And it was kind of the first time I was going to do that. I was really excited, but I emailed my principal and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I, I'm so sorry. Like I was apologizing. I'm in the hospital on oxygen and I'm apologizing for <laughs> being sick. And I was, I, I'm just so sorry. I can't do this meeting. And she emailed me back and there wasn't an ounce of friendliness in her email. She said, I wish she would realize what a colossal pain in the neck you've caused for me. And it was that moment. It was really a light bulb moment for me. I was like, I am completely replaceable in what I do. And I shut my laptop and I didn't work anymore. And then what happened was I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was in the hospital. I'm like, do I watch TV? I guess I could read. Oh, you know, um, I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, I really need to rediscover what my hobbies are again, because there are things that I love outside of teaching. Um, and doing that, re refinding those things that I loved outside of teaching um, is the way I kind of recharge my batteries. But then I also bring those things into the classroom as well. Uh, you know, I love to be outside. So we go outside to do just about everything, especially now, especially now with COVID. I take them outside constantly. I'm like, great. Weather's above 50. We're going outside. We're going to eat. We're going to write out there. We're going to read out there. <laughs> you know, so I, I bring elements of that into the classroom. You know, another thing I really love to create in the kitchen, um, baking and cooking. I've often said that if I weren't a teacher, I'd probably be a chef. <laughs> Um, and, uh, one of the things when you teach students with visual impairments, you also have to teach something called the expanded core curriculum. It's a set of nine skills that have to be explicitly taught because individuals with typical vision most likely get these, um, incidentally, you know, and one of those is one of those areas is, is, uh, life skills, independent living skills. And so we cook and bake in my classroom, A, because I love it, and B, because it's part of a curriculum I have to teach, and C, because it's so engaging and the kids love to do it too. So finding my finding my joy outside the classroom and bringing it in um, has really helped with that as well. Yeah, I think, and I love that because I think I think so often we we create these almost silos, right? Like here's mm -hmm. here's who I am in the building and here's who I am at home. And I think that's a good first step. I think recognizing that you get to be two different people, like, and it's not even two different people, you get to have two different kind of like lenses, if you will, but yeah. that you're always the same, it's always 100% you. And that's why yes. I love, you know, the blended analogy because it's it's no matter what I'm doing, I'm 100% Lindsay. I am all in with what I value, with what I believe to be true about me, but I couldn't get there until I had done kind of the work you said, like, what do I even want to do? What do I like to do? That was one of the hardest questions. I remember back, I was doing a, like a coaching program and my coach said, because I was like, I want to do things other than, than school and my business and all of this. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. 
Yeah. She said, well, what did you do as a little kid? And I just started crying. Like that was, I didn't know how to answer. And she's like, well, what did you do? Like as a kid, I'm like, no, that's where the tears are coming from because I didn't, I didn't have yeah. that opportunity. I did things growing up if I was good at them, not because I liked them. And it mm-hmm. was a big, uh, you know, a big aha moment of, oh, if I don't know how to do something, I might not jump and try it. So now the last couple of years have been, okay, what do I want to try now? Right. Yeah. What's out there that I'm going to just go for it and see if I enjoy it. And if I don't, that's okay. Right. But yeah. try and really, you know, invest that time in ourselves to say, no, I get to have these things. And I, and I love what you highlighted that it, it's, it's made you a stronger teacher. Yeah. Because you get to now share your story and your strengths and your passions with your students and inspire them and impact them to follow their path, to follow their passion. You know, and I really, I really compartmentalized especially as an early teacher, you know, putting those things in the silos. I really compartmentalized. My child, my students didn't know a lot about me personally. I was their teacher, right? You know, and now fla- fast forwarding to now, my students know a ton about me. Uh, you know, they, they know my son and my daughter's name and they ask about them. They love to hear stories about them. Uh, they uh, love to hear about, you know, what we did on the weekend. And then it's a good relationship bridge right because i can be like hey we went camping and somebody else will be like oh we went camping once oh we went there um you know we celebrated my daughter's birthday oh that's so great oh she's the same age as my sister so i learned that sharing more of myself also letting all of me in you know to use your example you know letting 100 percent of marie into the classroom was such a great relationship builder with my students. Um, you know, they they know I love Kit Kat bars. I've gotten like 12 Kit Kat bars this week for Teacher Appreciation Week. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, because before, you know, they wouldn't have known what my favorite candy was. And, you know, somebody else, I, I opened a Coke today in the in the classroom. I have one a week in the classroom and I opened it today and my students have visual impairments. So somebody was like, wait, what was that sound? And somebody else was like, oh, I know that sound. Ms. McComber's opening her Coke. Like, <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it, and it makes me happy. I found out it makes me happy to be that way with my students, to not be so uh, you know, with multiple disabilities, uh, working with students with severe behavior issues. You know, sometimes you get you get, I'm sure you got this, people are saying, you know, you have to be a certain way, consistency, uh, you know, I was told rigidity is really important, you know, so that you're always consistent. And, um, you know, it just, it was too much. I went too far. (laughs) I liked, I like directions. When people give me directions, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) um, But I went too far. And so, you know, being 100% of myself has made me such a better teacher in the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I love that you touched on that consistency part, because as I, you know, I'm in, I'm in year 15 of, of being in the education field. I've done a little bit of everything in there. And I too was that teacher at the beginning that was like, okay, this is, I want to be predictable and I want to be consistent and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. But then like situations would happen. And I was like, but, but this is what I do. Right. Then there's something out of my control that, that changed that piece. And I think that's, yes. You know, I think I always get now a little nervous when I see like, you know, consistent routines and schedules because I'm like, that's not life, right? Like lives are not the most consistent 
things. I mean, this last year has taught us that, you know, in and yeah. but I think it's, it's not ditching it completely, right? It's not saying, okay, well just every day we're going to do something different because mm-hmm. well, that's that, that I wouldn't love that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it gives me anxiety thinking about that. <laughs> but it's, it's what parts, how are we teaching flexibility? How are mm-hmm. we teaching, you know, doing this or that? And, and realizing that, you know, there's, I think the way that we define those pieces, right? So if we're done, and that's a big, big part of my mission is what are the words we're using? So if I'm mm-hmm. thinking consistency is always the same, never changes, no matter what, I'm actually going to limit myself by being consistent, yeah. right? But if consistency means, and this is totally just coming off the top of my head, if consistency means I do, you know, I do what I've done until I learn a better way or until something happens where I have to reevaluate and, and take in context, you know, contextual variables. Okay. I can be consistent. Right. Right. And so I think it's, it's that piece of what is the, what does the word mean to you and, and where are we going with it? Yeah. And I think too, consistency evolved for me to be not just, this is my schedule. I'm sticking, I'm sticking to it. We're not diverting anything like that To I react consistently to familiarity, to changes, to events, you know, it, it's my behavior and the consistency of my behavior is way more important than what I put on my, I, I do a daily agenda, you know, and I have times on that agenda, but you know, there are days, you know, one of my students will go, aren't you supposed to be working with me right now? And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to do a script change right, right, right fast and it'll be fine. Like, and they're like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, so I think we take consistency sometimes a little too far in the classroom. We need to be, we need routines. We need boundaries. We need uh, predictability, but I think it needs to be more on like an SEL level, you know, other than on like a what's on the paper level. Yeah, no, I think I think you just nailed it. Like I I love that. You know, the consistent part is how we respond, right? Mm-hmm. How we show up, and that we are there to listen and learn with our students. And and I love that you embed it. It's it's from that social emotional level that Mm -hmm. level, that understanding level versus compliance, right? It's on the paper. So we're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. I can write something down. I can say, Hey, tonight we're going to have, you know, tacos for dinner, but then I open the fridge and make your own pizza. Sounds really great. We're going to make that change. Right. Because, you know, as a family, we're like, yeah, that's what we want. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, I could easily say, but guys, the the plan said tacos, we got to do tacos. That's compliant. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. and growing. And so I love that you said that, you know, it's, it's consistently responding and consi- you know, I'm going to consistently ask questions. I'm going to consistently seek to understand before I say, this is the way it's going to be. I think as educators, if we can reevaluate how we are showing up consistently and what that means and looks like and sounds like in our classroom, I think that's one of those examples of a small, simple and strategic step, right? It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of materials. But man, that impact that it can have with your students and yourself, because you're freeing yourself up from having to stick to this plan that may not be serving you. Yeah. Yeah. And I find I find I get the most stressed out teaching when I'm trying when I'm trying to stick to a plan that isn't working. It's when I it's it's actually when I get the most stressed out instead of going, you know what, it's okay if this doesn't happen today. Like, you know, or um, we're doing this unit in math and they're just not getting it right now, you know? And I'm like, guys, we got, we only got like four weeks left. 
Oh, <laughs> you know, and, you know, yesterday I really had to take a step back and be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's better that we spend more time, get this foundation than push ahead and then they get nothing out of it. You know, if they only get the beginning foundation piece of this, that's more important than getting nothing at all. And so I really, I, you know, COVID, the blessing of COVID is I really learned to just let things go. Like, <laughs> I'm like, things are not going to happen and that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's that lesson that I think is, is one that I know I personally needed to learn. You know, my, my big aha from this last year and a half has been uncertainty. Uncertainty is my catalyst for creativity. That being uncertain in situations is where I shine because it's where I get to be creative. I get to think yeah. outside the box. I get to think about, okay, that's plan A. What about B, C, D, E, and F? And, yeah. you know, that's where I really love doing that. So has there been any other kind of those aha moments for you that has have kind of like come up over the last year and a half? Um, you know, it's <laughs> there. There's a there's kind of a saying that says you can know something in your head, but you don't know it in your heart. Um, and technology is huge for for my population of students. It's, it's again, one of the areas of expanded core curriculum technology, teaching technology and you know, suddenly we're, we're all remote learning and I'm panicked because all of a sudden we've shoved iPads in everybody's hands and there was no time to teach them before they left. And so now I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurry up and teach them because we got to get this content and it's, and you know, there was so much pressure. And then uh, another aha moment was things need time. We really need time. Um, and we need time to just process. First of all, we need time to evaluate what is going on. What is going on with my own needs? You know, suddenly I'm home teaching and I got at the time a six-year-old kindergarten and a nine-year-old second grader and they got their stuff to do and I'm trying to teach. And, you know, it, it, it came, the whole thing was about time. We need, and we need time to teach these skills. If I'm going to use it, I need time to teach it and you need time to practice it because it's not going to work <laughs> otherwise. I could I could do the greatest math lesson in the world remotely, but if you can't use the technology to access it, it's just not going to work. And so, uh, you know, taking time to really just process before I'm I'm a doer. I am a doer. I want to jump in with both feet. I'll admit it. I don't always think before I do it. I, I like to jump in um, and, and let's do it and we'll get started and we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Right. Um, but it it has really shown me, you know, how you were like, um, you know, I'm not I may not do something if I'm not comfortable doing it. You know, I'm the opposite. I'm going to rush in and do it because I want to do it and I want to figure it out. But I need to not do that all the time. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's fun and works out great. But there are very, there are moments where I very intentionally have to stop, just stop and think about what's happening. Who's here? What's happening? What's going on with them? What do we need to move forward? And I think that was a re, that was one of my big life lessons in all of this. And then it translated to my own family too. You know, my, my son, uh, requested to continue remote learning for the rest of his school career. He absolutely loved it. My daughter threw a math book at me one day, you know, so she was not having it. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, taking time with my own kids and seeing what their needs were 
helped me be more empathetic to my students' families. You know, you, uh, one of my students woke up at six o'clock every day, started on his remote learning work, got it all done. He was great. Model student. <laughs> um, I had other students not show up. So, um, but instead of going, oh, that student's not showing up, that family's not being responsible, they're not doing what they need to, I'm going, what's going on with them? You know, and maybe it's just too hard right now, you know, especially back in March, April timeframe. Maybe it's just too much, too hard. And I tried as much as I could to just show every one of my family's grace. Every single one of them just needed something different and um, being flexible for them and taking the time to work with each of them was imperative to their success, really. Oh, yes. I, I mean, so many, so many takeaways there. You know, I think I love that you hit on the time piece. I think we live in a very fast paced world, um, you know, even outside of education, right? We get mad if our Amazon packages don't come in the two day window that, right. You know, <laughs> in Columbus, we got two hour delivery. Like, so, so I might be like, all right, where you at? Right. <laughs> you know, I can order groceries and they're ready in an hour and I don't even have to go in the store anymore. Right. Like we live mm -hmm. in such a fast pace. If I want it, I can get it. Yeah. And so I think it's natural, you know, for our kids, this is the world they live in, right? Like, like that, that's it. And I, you know what, I forget where I heard it, but someone said like the technology and I have a seven, almost seven year old at home, right? The technology that she has in her world, this is the worst it's ever going to be. <laughs> yes. Right. Like it's only going to get better. And I'm like, Oh man, like I had a moment of, oh my gosh, what's that going to look like? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't get mad. Like when kids expect things fast, I'm like, well, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from because as soon as they leave school, they, it does happen fast. Right. Mm -hmm. like for me growing up fast was like fast food. And that was about it. That yeah. was the only option you had. Right? Yeah. So I think it's yeah. important to, to keep that mindset of we will need time. Right. And so give yourself permission to breathe. Like, I think it yes. starts there. We can't, if we're not willing to give ourselves something, we cannot expect someone else to, to give it to us. So we've got yeah. to give ourselves permission to breathe, to pause and, and to, to kind of say, okay, what is it that, that we need right now? What is the best use of our time? What skill? One of the things I love about my current job is I get to help with that breaking down of those skills. Yeah. So here's the problem. And everybody knows I'm going to make you go like five Y's deep. Like I'm going to, you're going to have to tell me why, why, why? Cause I want to get to all those skills that mm -hmm. we can teach because like you said, it might not even be the math. It might be that they don't know how to log into the math program. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and circling back, it, you know, giving ourselves permission to be that person outside the classroom. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, as a first year teacher and not knowing any better and, you know, the culture of teachers, as we've talked about is, is kind of, you know, doing it all the time. We live, breathe and sleep education. And so I didn't even know to give myself permission to be my other self, you know, the other half of myself outside of the classroom. It's not that I wouldn't give myself permission. I didn't know I had that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And so, you know, giving yourself permission to be that other person and, you know, give yourself permission to looking forward to the weekend when you can do those things. Um, you know, I, this is the first year I've never done a countdown to summer. I would say I'm so in love with what I'm doing, but at the same time, I'm really looking forward to summer. Mm -hmm. Not like I'm in a rush to get there when this can't come soon enough, 
but I'm really looking forward to it, forward to the summer, to the opportunities it's going to allow me. Um, and I don't feel guilty about it, you know, and that's that whole giving yourself permission to look forward to the weekend, look forward to, um, you know, going out to dinner tonight and not sitting at my laptop for another four hours and doing schoolwork of any kind. And it's, it's really important. And I think it's not, it's not necessarily something people realize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is a difference. I think there's, you know, I have in front of me, I have a lot of post-its with different words to keep me, you know, going through the day, inspired through the day. Mm -hmm. And one of them says, I'm so grateful for where I am. And I'm so excited for where I'm going. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's having both pieces. It's, I love where I'm at today, right? Right here, like May 5th, like, yes. But I'm also really excited for the weekend. I'm really excited for summer. I'm really excited for, you know, new opportunities that are coming my way. And yeah. so, but I think the difference is I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, once July 5th comes, then I will be free or then I will be happy or then I will, because that to me, yeah. like the waiting category in my whole mm -hmm. business no more waiting, right? What is it that I'm excited about? And how do I bring that into every day? And maybe mm -hmm. right now it's five minutes holding my cup of coffee in the morning, just like breathing in. Cause I know mm -hmm. when summer comes, I can do that for like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so what part of it can you bring it in? I love that you brought that up because it's not about, I think too often we fall into the all or nothing or all or never trap. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think there's miles in between both of them, right? It's mm -hmm. realizing there's so much within that. And so if we're saying, well, I can't do this until, you know, to me, that's a yeah. like, there's a reason, like, sure you can, what's stopping you. And so, or what part of it, right. Can you bring mm -hmm. into today? Okay. So maybe, um, I don't know, like going to the beach, maybe that's something you're excited about for summer. Right. So mm -hmm. maybe right now, right. On a, on a Wednesday afternoon, I can't go to the beach. Right. But I could put on some, some beach type music and I could dance around or like, what is it that you love about the beach? I could, you know, you know, find a picture and talk about, I could plan out the trip, right? So what part of it can you do yeah. so that you are again, so grateful for where you're at, but you're so excited for where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I lived a very long time in the past and the future. Uh, I was always looking back at what's happened to me before. I was always looking ahead to, you know, I used to say when I was a multiple disability teacher, I used to say, well, I'll figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I always used to say that. Um, I didn't want to do it for 30, 35 years. I was constantly looking for something else, constantly looking back at the things that, you know, and even kind of making myself a victim, like, oh, well, that prevented me from doing this. And that's where I am, where I am now. You know, instead of being in the present, because in reality, being a multiple disabilities teacher prepared me in such huge ways for teaching this classroom of fifth graders. You know, I walked in and I'm like, you mean they're only blind? That's great. Like, <laughs> I can handle that. Um, you know, but it prepared me in such huge ways because I, I 100% meet every student in my classroom at their individual learning level. Um, and it's made them so successful um, students and they are thriving in the sense that they love school and that, you know, if, if they don't learn anything, if they have a love of learning, then they're going to learn something at some point, you know, maybe, and maybe it's not even from me, but if I can instill that love of learning, then they're going to go on and continue to learn. And that's really what I want.
my end game is for them to reach their full potential. I want all my kids to reach their full potential um, and be the best, most productive versions of themselves that they can be. No, I just got goosebumps. I love that. Cause I do, I think as educators, we jump to, to learning. I mean, why, why, like, like that students will learn and what, I mean, that's what we do. We teach to learn. Right. Yeah. But the, the way that you shared that with, no, I want to inspire a love of learning that yeah. it doesn't stop when they leave my classroom. It doesn't stop when they leave our school or our district that it's, it's, it's lifelong learning. There's so many, I mean, I'm, I'm still in school. I'm in like year 15 of school. Right. I, I love learning. And, and I don't know that I ever really thought about it. like, that's really what people in my past instilled in me, right? Because we know mm -hmm. who we are today comes from our experiences of the past. So there's value in it, but it's so important to take the time to say, am I trying to live back there? Right. Or am I dragging that past behind me? Yeah. Is my past truly that platform that I'm going to stand on and say, this is me in this moment. And I'm going to keep growing and learning every day to be a little bit better every single day. And if we can teach that to our students too, whew, that's going to be powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I always remind them, you know, um, cause every, they're, they're such a loving class. They're like, Ms. McCumber, you're so great. You're so amazing. We love you. And I always tell them, and I said, I love it. I love you guys too. I think you're awesome. I think you're great. And I said, and just remember without you guys, I don't have a job. I said, I'm nothing without y'all. <laughs> I said, the reason I'm so good is because of you. Like, I'm just, I'm just a woman standing in front of an empty classroom if you guys aren't here. So, <laughs> oh, I love um, it. Love it so yeah. much. So, you know, as we are, as we're kind of wrapping up, I, I love asking this one question because I think it's so important um, about joy. You know, again, this is, you know, we, it's, it's a service driven profession. We know that we serve others, right? We, there are lots of different variables that impact our day. Um, I was just sharing with an educator, you know, you pick up the phone, you don't know what, what call you're getting. You don't know if yeah. you're getting, you know, the, the parent that's going to praise you or the parent, the irate parent that's going to yell at you, right? You don't know when you open up your email, if you're going to get, I need this now <laughs> or Hey, come join us for social hour. You know, you, we don't know there's so many unknowns. So I think mm -hmm. entering into joy is, so, is essential. Um, and so I love to know, and I'd love to know what brings you joy as an educator. You know, I always try to have fun, um, in my classroom, my kids know I'm constantly joking around. Um, you know, I, I try to be unexpected with them and I could be having the worst day in the world, but if I can get them laughing in some way, it automatically brings me up. Uh, it, it, it's rare they can't cheer me up, you know, and they know I walk in the classroom and they'll be like, you're, you feel stressed today, don't you? And I'll be like, yeah, I do. Um, you know, and I was like, but I'm here for you guys. You know, I make sure they know that. But the thing that brings me joy is, is playing with them, uh, you know, at their fifth graders. So some people look at them as kind of tiny adults, even at that point, but they're still kids. Uh, you know, so they want to play, they want to have fun. They want to, they want to be kids still. So, you know, we sing, we tell jokes, we are constantly telling jokes, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I dance in front of them. Uh, I sing to them the other day. One of my students was on YouTube and he kept, uh, he kept telling me to hold on. And I said, don't tell me to hold on. He's like, no, hold on. I just want to finish this. And I'm like, no, it, no. You need to get to work. Do not tell me to hold on. He's like, no, hold on. And I said, you asked for it. And he was like, oh, 
and he thought I was going to take his iPad. But what I did instead was I went to my computer and I turned on Wilson Phillips Hold On and I cranked it full blast. And all the kids are like, oh, what is this? And I was like, do you see what he's done? Do you see what he's made me do? And it was like for the rest of the day, somebody somewhere along the way would start humming it and they'd be like, darn it. Like it got stuck in their heads. But it was like just that, just that playfulness. Uh, it, it makes me so happy. And that, you know, being able to be around kids, you know, happy kids who love where they are and are comfortable where they are, you know, it's, it, it's a joyful feeling. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's where you went with it. That's so what went in my head. I was yeah. like, tell me like she started singing, hold on because <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But again, it's, it's those moments, you know, again, you know, yes, you could stick to, no, this is what we got to do, get to it. And we can stick to that compliance piece, or we can say, let's bring some laughter. Let's bring some joy. Let's connect. Let's, you know, bring those moments to where now they're going to hum it. It is one of those songs to get stuck. Yes. And you know, where it's, it's about, I just, to me, that resonates with that love of learning, right? It's about yeah. how do I as a learner, right? The student, how do I, as a learner work through some of these distractions, right? It's not about like too often we try and eliminate all the distractions. And I'm like, but that's, again, I go to real, the real world has distractions. All of it <laughs> is a distraction. It's yeah. a tool. It's a helpful tool, but if I don't use it as a tool, it's a distraction to that. I use as a procrastinating tool to not do the other, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's not about elimination. It's about how do we work with our students and teach them what distracts them, teach them yeah. how to be empowered, how to, you know, have ownership over their own love of learning. I love that mm -hmm. so much. All right. So with that, well, I want to make sure um, that people can stay connected with you. So where is the best place for them to do that? So the best place is Twitter. Um, I'm really active on Twitter. Uh, my handle is uh, at Hananiah. It's a H-A-N-N-A-H-N-I-A, -A -A, uh, which actually throws back to middle. I'm, I used to be a gamer. <laughs> that's my old, uh, that's my old gamer handle. I don't play game. I don't do gaming anymore, but <laughs> that's where it came from. If anybody's curious, I am on Instagram. I'm trying to be better about it. Uh, you know, uh, I've just never been a very good picture taker. <laughs> so I'm trying to be better about it because I know a lot of people are on it. But uh, yeah, if you want to connect with me, I'm really active on Twitter. I'll I'll talk back to you. Um, and I love to connect with people because I'm always looking for new ways to learn from other people. So I love it. I will make sure to uh, link that in the show notes. And, you know, and I think it's okay. I hear that a lot with, you know, social media. I think there's, I, it's funny because I'm, I'm, I love Instagram and I can't, I mean, I'm on Twitter and I, and I use it, but I struggle because I write lengthy captions <laughs> and Twitter doesn't let me do that. And then I get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. So again, I think it's, it's go where, you know, I think, I think the message is the ability to connect is stronger now than it ever has been, right? We have mm -hmm. all these platforms, we have all these abilities. Um, it's partly why I love this series so much because I get to connect with educators that that I may not have connected with, you know, without it. And so um, it has been a blast getting to know today yeah. more about you. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, good luck with the rest of the school year. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And you too, like finish strong and enjoy your, enjoy your summer also. <laughs>
Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And uh, listeners, if you are just as excited as we are to have recorded this for you, please do us a favor and go and rate, review, subscribe, share it out, uh, tag your friends so they can come listen too, and make sure that you connect with Marie as well. Um, and until next week, have an amazing week. Keep on loving who you are, trusting who you are, owning who you are. will help you define who you are from the inside out. I will see you guys same time, same place next week. Till then, have an amazing week, and I'll talk soon. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.